It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Yo, welcome back, everybody. A special edition of the Two Bars podcast here today. I'm with my guy, Scott Barrett. Uh, but before we get into it, I want to you know tell you guys, I mean, it's it's the biggest draft weekend of the year. Uh, I'm sure you've got multiple drafts coming up either this weekend or next week. And if you're not already subscribed, I'm not really sure why. But at this point, you should be. Uh, with promo code BARFIELD22 or BARRETT22, you can pick your favorite bar. We all know who your favorite bar is. It's clearly me. But pick your favorite bar. Use BARFIELD22, BARRETT22. Uh, and guys, listen, you can save like five bucks on a standard package, 15 bucks on a premium package. Uh, basically what it shakes out to with a standard package is 33 cents per day during the season, which is just ridiculous. 83 cents per day to include a uh, premium package. That's DFS and gambling. Obviously we got DFS right around the corner. Our guy Scott is going to be crushing it. Uh, me, Tom and John are going to be giving out all of our, our gambling stuff. We've got a really cool product coming out this year. So make sure you're, uh, make sure you're subscribed. Use this promo code, save you a few bucks. Um, you buy a premium pack package today with that 10% code. You could go to Chipotle, get yourself Chipotle bowl, go to Chick-fil-A, save, uh, save yourself 10, 12 bucks, use that money to buy yourself some lunch. But Scott, uh, let's talk through some quarterback tight end strategy today. We're going to be uh, talking running backs and receivers tomorrow. And I figured we can just kind of start from the top. Um, just start with quarterbacks. Josh Allen is the QB one head and shoulders above the field. Um, I, you and I really haven't talked too much quarterback strategy this year outside of like, you know, some of the more obvious guys, but where are you out on Allen? Are you drafting him at all at his ADP? I mean, he's going in like that 30 to 35 overall range and you have to pass up some, some pretty sweet receivers to get him. No, I'm not. He, he should be the QB one, uh, for sure. But I'm still never gonna draft him. I just don't like the value there. I, you know, that's where the premium running running backs are, and then all the value just completely falls off a cliff. That's a historically a sweet spot for wide receivers, and it's yeah. the end of the oligarch tight ends. So yeah, Josh Allen deserves QB one status. Also, never drafting him. Don't draft him unless it's you know some bizarre league there's bizarre leagues but um super flex for sure he probably should be the 101 but outside of that not taking him do you have pits over him just out of curiosity for the the tight end oligarch type of deal yeah i mean so this is the thing graham i I don't know that we need to walk the position one by one or if we should just give our overall strategy thoughts because that's how I, i outlined it in my guys if you missed it it's my most important article of the year my guys is out. You can, you can read that. And everyone asks for overall rankings and I just don't do that. I don't think that's the right way because everything is so site specific. So league specific. For sure. Um, and, uh, you know, I have to update that every single day and it's, it, but it's really not laziness. It's just, I don't think that's the optimal way to go about it. I give you the optimal strategy at each position, the, the top values and my positional rankings, but not my overall rankings. If you haven't checked out my guys really recommend that um, as is 
always the clay, the case, you know, I give out my Exodia plays and those guys are always going to jump two to three rounds by ADP. Sometimes it's just obvious. It's like, if you weren't on Damian Pierce a month ago, you're a donkey. And then, you know, that first preseason game, he got yanked mid drive and Johnny popped up in my DMS and he's like, Damian Pierce needs to be seven rounds higher than his ADP. They just showed us that they think he's the starter. They've seen enough for all of the preseason. And, you know, that's sort of where I had him anyway, definitely trending in that direction. But the other thing, and Graham, I don't want you to to say this is just me being self-important. I do not think it's me being self-important. The other thing is, once my guys drops, you see a lot of analysts around the industry start touting guys whose names they haven't mentioned all offseason Guys who, if you check their rankings, they're 10 spots below ADP. And now they're tweeting out, this guy's a league winner. This guy's must draft. Uh, and, you know, two weeks later, their rankings look a lot like mine. Maybe that's maybe this is just paranoia on my end, but it's it's sort of how it goes every single season. Uh, I do have some exodias at the quarterback position, but I also have a firm set strategy in place. Do you want to just go position by position or should I – dive into what I think the optimal strategy is this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, with quarterback, I'm with you. Um, outside of best ball, I'm not drafting Allen. I'm not really drafting Mahomes either. Uh, I think he still goes a little bit too early. Really. I think the pocket this year, like if you're doing your draft this weekend on Yahoo or sleeper ESPN, uh, I was looking through ADP and I think the pocket is like Kyler, Hertz, Lance, and I, I kind of view them all similarly. I have Hertz a skosh above Kyler, and then Lance like slightly behind those two guys. But Lance by far goes um, well after those guys. So my my kind of plan in, in all of my leagues that I'm doing on Sleeper and Yahoo is is pretty simple. It's like if I can get Herbert or Lamar or Mahomes to fall to me, great. But in general, I'm going to be taking Hertz, Lance, and Kyler in the, you know, round six, seven, uh, range. And that's, that's kind of the spot, man. I think that's the sweet spot. That's after the top 20 or so running backs go off the board. Uh, I think the dead zone is, is really pronounced in rounds five and six. And then that's kind of also the spot where receiver starts falling off the board and you got to start, excuse me, you got to start making a choice between Amari Cooper versus Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, Michael Thomas versus Jalen Hurts. There's a certain risk reward payoff there where it's like, okay, uh, I already have three receivers what's the point of taking a fourth who might be exceptionally risky when I could just get a locked in quarterback one with QB one upside like Hertz or Kyler. So that's, that's kind of my, my general strategy. Um, where, like, I know you're super high on Hertz and Lance. How high is too high for Hertz for you? Yeah, this is the, this is why I wanted to do this podcast partly is because I, I think I could be swayed, but I've sort of been going the opposite direction with that where so you have the big six tier of quarterbacks and I really like those guys fairly equally I think I have right now hurts my QB5 and maybe that's too low but like I like I really have very little separating him from Josh Allen even less separating him from my QB2 QB2 Um, Kyler Murray on Yahoo is QB6 Uh, I think uh, I have him QB three Jalen hurts. Again, I, th- I think QB five, he's QB eight on NFL.com QB eight on Yahoo. And it's like, do you just, do you just gravitate towards that value? And with hurts in particular, it's like QB five, but that ranking is just like 
destroying my soul where it's like, I kind of just want to put him like QB two because, you know, prior to that ankle injury, he was the QB one in fantasy. And that was for the first, you know, I don't know, 13 weeks of the season. This was a guy who I had on 99% of my teams last year. And now he just upgraded Jalen Rieger with AJ freaking Brown, Graham. And so the counter argument to this is typically in drafts, the sweet spot to take a quarterback. Again, quarterback was the most uh, uh, overrated position in fantasy just due to scarcity. You know, you in a one QB 12 team league, you start 12 quarterbacks, but there's 32 starters. So that's a really deep pool. ADP isn't great at the position outside of the Konami code guys. Scoring is extremely flat. So the best time in a vacuum to take a quarterback is after a lull. You, you see like your 11 league mates all draft quarterbacks sooner than they should because they want a quarterback in their, you know, they want their starting lineup filled out before they grab bench guys. That's not the right way to do that. You want to grab those wide receiver threes, wide receiver fours. And so after they've drafted their 11 or so quarterbacks, there's like a four round lull because they know better than to draft a QB two. And right now that's, you know, I'm seeing Trey Lance who's going, uh, you know, way later in these leagues due to that lull. He's like QB 14 by ADP in a lot of leagues, massive Konami code upside. I don't think he's very good at football to be completely honest, but he has the highest margin of safety of maybe any, you know, quarterback after the top 10 due to the supporting cast, due to the play caller, due to his mobility, but not just Lance as a late round target because I'm also seeing Justin Fields, and I, I get eye rolls for this, but I love just I have him one spot below Trey Lance. I think he yeah. could really explode. And then there's Deshaun Watson, an elephant in the room who's finished as a mid-range QB1 every single season of his career. He's not going to be owned in any league until like week 11, week, week 10. And you could have a mid-range QB1 for the fantasy postseason for free. And then, of course, like I, not even worth mentioning, but in a worst-case scenario – Marcus Mariota this preseason is looking like Lamar Jackson, but yeah, it's just so insanely deep. And like the premium positions are running back wide receiver and then tight ends more valuable. And so do you just full on punt or is it stupid to pass up Jalen hurts at QB eight ADP because that's so stupid. Help, help me here, Graham. Yeah, no, I think the play man is like, Get aggressive on your guys in the mid rounds. I think the the late round quarterback strategy is is the mid round quarterback strategy now. Uh, I know JJ Zach Reese has talked a lot about this, but I, I'm taking it even further. Like, I just feel so much more comfortable with my teams when I can start my start my league with, let's say, just for you know example's sake, I start first five rounds with two two backs, three receivers in that sixth round, like. Am I really going to take, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Jalen Hurts? Am I going to take Elijah Moore, who I know is your guy, but, like, we have concerns with Elijah Moore between Garrett Wilson being in town, Joe Flacco is going to be the quarterback, yada, yada, yada. Like, I'm just – I'm getting aggressive on those guys because I, I truly I'm, – I'm with you. I think Hurts, Murray, and Lance are the three. I think all three have league-winning potential. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Kyler both have extremely easy starts. I, I uh, created a metric. It's free to read on the site. Uh, but using your SOS metrics and implied totals for the first couple of weeks, I just kind of like brass taxed out some uh, hot start potential. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles were the top. They were the top team in the first four weeks in terms of their SOS and applied totals. 
the Cardinals are going to play in three straight games to start this year with a, an over-under over 50. Uh, there's going to be major shootout appeal in those Cardinals games. And, and frankly, the only decent argument against Kyle this year, Scott, is like, okay, he's going to miss DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games. We know the Cardinals have really bad splits without Nuke. But, I mean, Marquise Brown is a massive upgrade over Christian Kirk in that kind of like vertical slot role. Um, I, I think there's a chance that this offense actually takes a step forward with Hollywood in tow in the first couple of weeks, and then they get Nuke back. And then, I mean, we're cooking with gas. Uh, and then Lance, man, like I, I have Lance in my personal rankings. I have him like at 60. Like I, I'm just getting aggressive, man. Like I, I'm, I'd much, I feel much, much better about him versus JK Dobbins, him versus uh, Elijah Mitchell, who are, is already hurt. Like, it's just, to me, it's like, I hear you on the scarcity aspect, but what is the odd, what are the odds that Derek Carr is a league winner? You know, and he's like the 12th quarterback by ADP. What's, what are the odds that Kirk Cousins is a league winner? Um, I, I think Lance is, is like, Lance and Fields, Fields to a lesser extent. We could talk a little bit more about Fields because I'm, I'm sort of with you. Um, but the, the offensive line is a major concern with me. But like, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I'm, I'm probably more aggressive on some of these mid-round quarterbacks than most. And I'll give you an example. I did a flex league um, ran by Jake Seeley last night. Joe, uh, Joe Dolan was in it. Uh, Michael Fabiano, a bunch of people from around the industry. Uh, you have to start two backs, three receivers, two flex spots, quarterback tight end in a defense. I started my draft with cup at seven, took swift in round two, then just went nuts at receiver. I took five straight receivers uh, from rounds three until seven. And then in round eight, I took Lance and that's on sleeper. Sleeper has Lance way too low in their, their overall ADP set. So does Yahoo. I've done a few drafts on Yahoo already this year. Um, and I think you're right. It is kind of like a site specific thing, but I think that's also more reason to just load up on some of these mid round receivers and rounds three through six, and then, you know, jump on one of these quarterbacks and rounds, you know, the back half around six, you know, into seven and eight. Yeah, you just said a lot of words, and I didn't hear any of it because I was filled with rage over you just questioning the possibility of passing up Elijah Moore and then saying <laughs> Joe Flacco is going to be his quarterback as if that's a bad thing. Um, if you look at Elijah Moore's fantasy points per route run with Joe Flacco, he was on pace for 800 fantasy points. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, like, again, part of this, like we just talked about some of the guys we like, but I mean, look at ADP, Russell Wilson is QB nine. I, I mean, is he finally going to be allowed to cook with this like really sick receiving core? Uh, Tom Brady is QB 10 who just threw for what the third most passing yards in NFL history. You have Dak Prescott QB 11, who is currently fifth or sixth in MVP odds have never finished worse than a QB one in his career. Matthew Stafford QB 12. I, I get the elbow thing, but if you look at, uh, if you factor in his, his postseason production, he was like an easy mid range QB one. Like, and I don't know why you'd think he'd be worse this year in his second year in a Sean McVay offense with Allen Robinson added the mix. You have Aaron Rodgers QB 14, the back-to-back MVP winner. Sure. He lost Javante Adams, but I mean, like, what did he finish QB five last year in fantasy points per game. And then, you know, Justin Fields is always there in like Yahoo leagues and like the last round of your draft. And he's a, he's a player with, with uh, impressive upside. And so 
again, I, I'm just really like, I, I want to just say draft Jalen Hurts, but like, if you can get an Elijah Moore, I, I'd rather Elijah Moore and then take my chances with one of these non Konami, you know, older quarterbacks who, but who like granted are finishing as mid range QB ones. Yeah. So two things I'm, I'm out on Dak. Um, you know, I think he's a really safe floor play to your, to your point. Um, very consistent year over year, but you know, no Tyron Smith, their receiver core is, is a, is a nightmare, man. I mean, lamb better be amazing because they're walking into a situation where it's like Noah Brown's going to be their, their outside, one of their outside starters in week one. Um, Jalen Tolbert is behind James Washington's hurt. Michael Gallup's behind. Uh, it, it might be real rough for Dallas. I will say every single year, no one wants to draft Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's, it's like a tradition unlike any other, but I mean, the dude is every single year beats our expectations. And I think this year is just the same. I mean, if you look back at, at Rogers's numbers, he's played seven full games uh, since 2018 with no Devontae Adams. The Packers have averaged, averaged Scott, 31.6 points scored per game in those games without Adams. Uh, Rogers efficiency is just as good, if not better in those games. Um, and it's not like they've not played any, you know, good opponents too. I mean, I, I haven't split out here. I mean, they've played Dallas, Detroit, Vegas, Kansas city, New Orleans, Atlanta, Arizona. I mean, they played good teams. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you on Rogers. Uh, let's talk a few late round guys. I'm with you on fields to a certain extent. Their first two games are going to be brutal against the Niners and the Packers. That offensive line is an absolute nightmare. I mean, they're going to be starting a fifth round rookie. At one tackle spot, Larry Borum. At the second tackle spot, Tevin Jenkins is. They're trying him at guard, but I, I think they're going to end up trading him. At least that's what they're trying to do. Um, if you are attacking quarterback late, I think Fields is the answer. But where where are you got at, at on guys like Tua and Trevor, or are you just like saying screw it? Like I'm just not even going to mess around with these guys, and I'll just take Fields. No, I mean screw it. I, that's another component to. Uh, the quarterback position being so deep, like you can conceivably just stream your way to low end QB one production. Uh, I mean, that's what JJ's done every year. That's what Sean Corner has done every year and their, their articles testifying to that. And so I just, I don't, I don't care about them. I don't, I don't think they have that sort of Konami code upside uh, a, a fields has where like fields can be a legitimately bad passer and still, you know, put up QB five numbers. I, I don't really see that. Like maybe an Alex Smith, what was it, 2016 season is in Tua's range of outcomes with this receiving core. Sure. But I mean, I, I'm just not going to bet on that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, too. I mean, there's also a chance Trevor Lawrence is just like awful. He had what? Like Stop it. Two, two passing touchdowns over his last 10 games. Uh, a lot of people want to blame Urban Meyer, and I think that makes a lot of sense. But like he's just – I'm never drafting him. Bro, I'm, I'm going to be depressed if T-Law sucks. Uh, me and my, my Jags group chat are, I mean, we're already distraught. I said it on actually a preseason review pod earlier this week that he's basically, he just kind of reminds me of Jared Goff. And I don't necessarily mean that as like a bad thing for Goff. He's just, I don't know, man. He's just a ball distributor. Goff, Goff can sling it, man. You give Goff a clean pocket. He he can throw a a really pretty ball, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. Uh, you mentioned Mariota earlier. If you're totally punting, I, I really like Mariota. As, a, as like a total punt, uh, Konami code kind of guy. Obviously, you have no idea how long he's going to be the starter. Falcons could stink. They might want to get a look at Ritter by midseason, but at least early in the year, 
you know, Mariota is going to be starting. They have a really, really tough schedule. The Falcons do. They actually ranked dead last in that hot score metric I was talking about, but I don't know how much that matters because Mariota's, you know, Mariota's finally healthy and he's going to be running. Um, let's switch over to tight end. And I do want to talk at start at the top here, Scott, because I do think it's an interesting debate with Kelsey. Um, you know, this is one of the oldest players that has like a top 15 ADP that I can remember in my lifetime. He's 33, but you know, he's arguably in the best spot of his career. Um, Kelsey versus like all of the, you know, home run league winning backs in the back half of the first round is, is a really interesting debate. I know where I'm at. I've got all the backs over Kelsey and I think that's kind of where consensus is coming. I'm seeing Kelsey start to slip into the second round. Um, where are you at on Kelsey? And, and more broadly, do you just, is there still just a lot of credence to say, hey, like I got my first runner in round one, I'll come back and get Kelsey and then just not even have to worry about the position for the rest of basically the year. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, you're looking at like underdog ADP or FFPC ADP or something like sharper than than most of our listeners, you know, home leagues, which are on ESPN or Yahoo. But he's in the second round of all those and he's in the late second round on ESPN. Um, and I think that's a phenomenal pick. If you just look at the value offered to teams in those leagues, so like ESPN, 10 team, two wide receiver, one flex he's far and away the most valuable player over the last five years and like is right up there every single year with maybe the second highest scoring wide receiver. Um, and so there's certainly credence to that. I thought it was really funny that a lot of people were freaking out over his preseason usage. Um, and Hey, maybe that means something. I just really don't think so. That's what Andy Reid did with Tyreek Hill last year. And like some people freaked out about it. But if you read quotes, like all the quotes were like, yeah, we want to be really multiple. We want to spread the ball around. We want four wide receivers heavily involved. But it goes through Kelsey. Kelsey's going to get his and then some. But then after that, we want like a four-way wide receiver committee or whatever they, they've been saying and keep saying every month. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I really think there is a compelling case that like he is – going to end up more valuable than just about any wide receiver. I'm not going to take him over Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, not in that order. Cooper Cup's my one. But uh, yeah, I think after those guys, like, yeah, definitely hone in on on some Travis Kelsey. I, in a vacuum, you really want to be drafting running backs round one, round two. That That's like optimal in a vacuum. Uh, but I think you can make a rare exception for a Travis Kelsey and then also with this season in particular, I think ADP at the running back position is sort of bad. Um, yeah, so so I, I, I like Kelsey. There's a, a huge edge in grabbing those oligarchs just because yeah. after the top three tight ends who are putting up like top 15 wide receiver numbers by fantasy points per game, the rest are, you know, they're averaging only six fantasy points per game. So it's a, it's a big edge. Yeah. And on the Kelsey preseason thing, like I get it. We live in an age where we have to have content 24 seven and everybody has to have a take for everything. But like, maybe we shouldn't be overreacting to like little small details, like Travis Kelsey being 33 years old and being in his fifth year with Patrick Mahomes. Maybe, maybe that guy doesn't need to play too much in the preseason, Scott. I don't know. Call me crazy. Um, deepest I'm seeing Kelsey's ADP in our sheet here is 18 at ESPN, but he is solidly in the top 15 across all our sites. I don't have sleeper in here, but I, I saw Joe took him in the 
near the round two turn in our flex league draft last night. So I'm with you. If Kelsey slips into the second round, you've already got one good runner. Uh, I, I would take Kelsey pretty much all over all of the receivers that go in that bucket. That includes Adams and Diggs. Uh, I would maybe put Lamb in there. I, I don't know, man. Uh, it's really close, but yeah. Uh, you've got a really interesting opinion on Mark Andrews. You know, Mandrews was a guy we've been on our entire lives, man. Like I made so much money the year of Mandrews broke out. He was like my guy in the late rounds. Now, you know, he was a, a league winner in the fifth, sixth round, but you know, he's solidly in late second round, third round pick this year. Um, you've got some concerns over his volume decreasing significantly. And it's, it's not because of Isaiah likely. It's just because of the structural changes that this Ravens offense is going to go, uh, go under this year. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's, he's my tight end too. He was just clearly popping as a top regression candidate. Uh, you know, what, what changed from 2021 to 20 uh, or 2020 to 2021, he wasn't more efficient. He didn't see a much larger route share. All that changed was the Baltimore Ravens, RB1, RB2, RB3, all suffered season-ending injuries in the offseason, which forced them to go far more pass-heavy than they liked to. And so his uh, routes run per game jumped 67%. Uh, and as a result, he, he jumped 43% in fantasy points per game. And you know that's definitely going to regress to the mean. The counter to that, though, is Marquise Brown was, what, top 10 in targets last year, and he's gone. I talked to a source who said, oh, Mark Andrews is going to be nuclear, a go nuclear. He's going to get every single target. He's going to smash. Um, so, yeah, I think I think those two points kind of balance each other out where he's my tight end, too, at, at cost. I think I like Kelsey more at cost. I think I like Cal Pitts more, but... To me, there's a clear three oligarchs, and it's it's those three. Uh, you're you're gonna be shocked when I say this, but I like Kyle Pitts way more at cost than Andrews. Like, if I can get Pitts in the fourth round, Andrews is a pretty brutal pick, I think, in the third. Um, you know this this offense, man. They're gonna go back to their old ways. You know, I know Dobbins is is still questionable. Edwards is still out, but I mean, they are volume wise going to regress significantly this year. Um, you know, in the two years before Lamar got hurt in 19 and 20, the Ravens were number one in early down run rate uh, at 58 and 59% in those two years. Last year, that slipped all the way down to like 48%, which is an 11% difference. So even if they meet in the middle and the Ravens end up going like five or six more percent run heavy than last year, I mean, Andrews' volume is going to fall off a cliff. Um, Kyle Pitts, we've, had, we've debated him enough on this show. We've talked through him enough. I have warmed up to him. I like quite a few. I've got like 20 receivers ahead of him. Um, you know, the only, my only concern with him is the touchdowns. You know, he can have, you know, 80 catches, 1,200 yards, and score six times, average nearly 14 fantasy points per game, and still not be a league winner at his, you know, at his ADP. My only concern with him is the touchdowns, man. Like, how many times is this offense going to score? Uh, that's that's really my only, uh, my only counter to him. Um so let's talk through Waller, Kittle, and Schultz real quick, and then we'll get through some like, uh, you know, the mid round guys and then late round guys. Uh, Waller is someone I've been fading with an iron fist all year. Um, his targets per route run dipped significantly 
last year compared to his breakout season in 2020. Now they have Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro still a baller. Um, I think he's like the clear third cut option in this offense. And, you know, he hasn't practiced basically at all in August. There's definitely something up with him. Um, Waller, somebody on him out on Kittle. Where are you at on Kittle? I don't think you and I've talked Kittle very much. Yeah, I, I love Kittle. He's one of my favorite players in football. I think uh, he's the closest thing we've seen to prime Gronkowski, and I, I don't really want him at all in fantasy. He just, he's just at a massive disadvantage to everyone else because he's such a ridiculously good blocker. He runs a lot fewer routes. He finishes first in yards per route run yeah. each of the first four, last four seasons, like ridiculous talent but that's such a disadvantage and if you look at his splits with and without Debo Samuel he's really far off that oligarch tier uh Trey Lance I have some concerns I think they go very run heavy etc he's 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 not someone I'm targeting but I do love him yeah I mean yeah I love the player but Kittle's also his playing style is also like you know Marshawn Lynch at tight end so he he is injury prone I think that's like a valid criticism don't let Edwin hear you say that Edwin's going to be in your uh, your DMs after you said that. But yeah, I mean, if you look at um, CBS, ESPN, uh, Yahoo, NFL AP, I mean, Kittle goes in the 40 range, which is absurd. I would much rather, if you're going to, if you're going to take a onesie position in the forties, I would much rather take, you know, Lamar or Kyler or Hertz. Like that's, I think that's like maybe the biggest edge in ESPN, Yahoo and NFL leagues right now is, is Waller and Kittle are just insanely overpriced in those leagues. Uh, let's talk through Schultz. Um, my, literally the only argument against him is that, you know, he's just not one of these like super athletic freak players like Kyle Pitts is or Kittle or even Waller to a certain extent. Uh, the volume's going to be there, man. Uh, you know, I just went through the whole thing with Dak. Like they, they have to throw to Schultz. Um, I, I think I know where you're going to land, but sticking in the context of this, this pod, um, you're on Kyler Hertz. And maybe even Lance over Schultz, right? Just in terms, like if you had a one v one, you're in the sixth, seventh round. Do you like the quarterbacks over Schultz? Um, I, I think it depends on the league. Uh, on NFL.com, when I I released my guys, he was their tight end eight, which is just so stupid. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think I probably would, but I, I might just be loading up on running backs and wide receivers in the other leagues. But the argument's easy. Fifth in fantasy points per game last year, much lesser target competition. Um, he also like started off the year in a committee of sorts, uh, and then they were just like, no, this guy's awesome. Uh, back to Waller real, real quick. He's practiced like three times. Yeah. I'm not a huge vibes guy, but like, there's not much worse vibes than that. It, it's a brand new offense. Uh, and, and you hear Derwin G- James, one of the best safeties in football, talking up uh, Hunter Renfro as if he's, you know, Calvin Johnson. And uh, yeah, so I, I've been low on both, but uh, I really think, you know, the way this is trending, I need to be a little bit higher on, on Renfro. But uh, yeah, not drafting Waller, not drafting Kittle, Schultz in the right spots for sure. But he's not someone I'm going out of my way to take, except for bro, on NFL.com. Bro, Renfro is going to go 90, 1106 and finishes like the wide receiver 23 in PPR. And everybody's going to be uh, kicking themselves for not drafting him. Um, yeah, Schultz, Schultz I'm in on if he slips. 
Um, but really like for, for me this year, it's like Kelsey, I want Kelsey. If I don't get him, I'm out on Andrews, out on Kittle, out on Waller. I like Pitts, but he usually goes just a few spots too high for me. I'm usually taking receivers in that range. Um, so really I'm spending a lot of my, uh, a lot of my bucks on these guys past, you know, tight end six, seven by ADP. So let's talk through those real quick. Um, Looking at ADP too, like Hawkinson is somebody that's, I, I think Hawkinson and um, Dallas Goddard are both getting overdrafted by ADP. They're both going in the 65 to 70 range. We just spent through, you know, went through talking through quarterbacks. Like what are the chances that Hawkinson is, is a league winner this year? I, I think he'd have to have some injuries around him. Same with Dallas Goddard. You know, both are super efficient players, especially Dallas Goddard who finished second yards per route run last year. But what does that really mean for us in, in fantasy? Like AJ Brown's the alpha. Devonta Smith's going to get six, seven, eight targets a game. Uh, very run-heavy offense. Like Goddard probably doesn't have a ton of touchdown equity. I, I think Goddard and Hawkinson are two guys that are are being overdrafted relative to their ceiling. Um, where are you at on those guys? And we'll talk through some uh, some late round guys here real quick. Yeah, I don't know if Goddard has oligarch upside, but he is someone I'm actually drafting quite a bit of. I just. I've always said I thought he was amazing, and it was just a shame he was stuck behind Zach Ertz. Uh, but he was a bell cow tight end at the tail end of last season. He was Jalen Hurts' number one guy. Uh, he was incredibly efficient. He basically tied Kittle in yards per route run, which is like the best stat we have. And he, he's just damn good. Um, and he is he is a good value on on a lot of these sites. Um, Hawkinson, you can make a case for it. Like, I, I think he could have smashed if he stayed healthy. He had eight targets or more in 67% of his games last year. That was more than Kelsey and Andrews. But no, I think this is the Amon Ross St. Brown show in, in 2022. So uh, I'm, I'm not drafting him at all. Yeah, Amon Ross, Swift is back healthy too. Swift dealt with a number of injuries last year. You know, get DJ Chark in there. Um, Hawkinson's, you know, probably a good bet in best ball. I'm, I'm on Goddard for the same reason in best ball, but in, in redraft, like I just don't think there's a big enough gap between drafting Goddard in rounds seven and eight versus someone like Cole Komet in rounds 12 or Tyler Higby, who's free. Um, those guys to me, like there's just not that big of a difference between, okay, we're projecting, you know, usually the tight end seven, tight end eight scores like 11 to 12 fantasy points per game. Like, Cole Komet, Tyler Higby, Irv Smith, um, all of those guys, Pat Frymuth too, I, who I've loved all offseason. Like those guys are are positioned to to score similarly, in my opinion. Um, Zach Ertz. Let's talk through Zach Ertz real quick. Um, last year, once he was traded to the Cardinals, he averaged eight targets per game in all of his starts that obviously got bumped up with DeAndre Hopkins gone. Uh, you know, Ertz is someone who is starting to slip in a lot of leagues, man. I, I've seen him start to slip into rounds 10, 11 in best ball. Uh, his ADP is all over the place too on some of these uh, less sharp leagues like Sleeper and Yahoo. Um, is there that big of a difference between Ertz to to Goddard and Hawkinson for you? And, and if so, um, why? Is it just because, you know, he's old and, and Hawkins is coming back? I mean, if you listen to the Arizona coaches, they're hyping him up to get 100 plus catches this year. And, you know, that's definitely that's possible. You can follow that Jason Witten PPR cheat code career tra- tra- trajectory. I think he's one of the safest picks you can make. 
Uh, I do question his ceiling, and I, I do think his ceiling gets capped uh, when it matters most in the the fantasy playoffs with DeAndre Hopkins coming back. And it's like everyone's excited about Marquise Brown, and everyone's excited about Rondale Moore, and it's like this is a a, a mobile quarterback. They they tend to pass less, but uh, I mean, just just talking pure value. Yeah, I think he's a great pick. Is he a league winner? Probably not. Yeah. Um, all right, I think we can both agree that some of these late-round guys like Mike Kosicki, Noah Fant, um, I think Robert Tunyon is probably in this bucket too. Like, I'm just kind of Xing some of these dudes out. Like, Kosicki might get traded here. Uh, Noah Fant, there's something up with this usage, man. I'm interested to see what he what, what the Seahawks do in their, their next preseason game this weekend. But, like, Fant was running with uh, you know, splitting snaps with Colby Parkinson in their first preseason game, and then they got Will Disley back in their last one. He's someone I'm Xing out. Uh, Robert Tunyon still can't run. Uh, I like him in best ball, super cheap, especially attached to Rodgers, but he's not someone I'm, I'm targeting at all in redraft. So really, like it's kind of like a process of elimination on some of these late-round guys. And then you look at ADP, and it's like, I mean, Tyler Higby's free on Yahoo. Uh, Cole Komet is free on NFL.com. Cole Komet's ADP at on NFL.com is 193. I mean, he should be going in the 120 range. Um, who's your favorite out of that bucket past like the tight end 12 range? Well, you didn't mention my number one must own tight end, and I'd rather we didn't discuss it. You know, just keep that behind the paywall for now. Uh, and you were going to disagree with me anyway, but you know, that's okay. Uh, but it, again, this comes down to like ideal strategy. There's there's three different routes you can take. You can you can grab an oligarch, which is just a massive positional advantage. Sure, you pass up some running backs and wide receivers, but huge edge. You can try and navigate the dead zone, which you know there was all that content last year about the running back dead zone, the tight end dead zone. So tight end six through eleven is way worse than however any however much anyone thinks the running back dead zone is. But I mean, like, like I said, I like Goddard uh, Schultz. You could almost put in there or you can on NFL.com. Love him. Um, Zach Erd, same thing. And then the other route you can go is you can full on punt the position. And like, no one wants to do this because you leave your draft and you're like, Oh, Tyler Higby is my tight end one. What the hell? And like, that's not a good feeling, but this is, you know, a shockingly optimal draft strategy. Look back over the last, since 2018, Every year, there's been at least two tight ends who went undrafted in the majority of leagues who finished top six of the position. George Kittle, Jared Cook, Eric Ebron, Austin Hooper, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Robert Tunyon, Logan Thomas, Rob Gronkowski, Dalton Schultz. And so, yeah, we're not saying like Tyler Higby is this amazing pick. That's why you should take him. We're saying the tight end position is fairly irrelevant after the top three names, you want to be drafting running backs and wide receivers. And sure, grab Higby. Maybe he su- surprises us with that bell cow tight end role on a top three offense. But if he doesn't, you know, maybe you'll find a superstar off waivers. Seemingly every year, you could find two superstar tight ends off of waivers. And uh, yeah, Higby wouldn't be my favorite. Uh, Cole Komet's in that range. Pat Fryer moves in that range. Um, I mean, yeah. This is a take I, I completely stole. It's like the only take I've completely ripped off from someone else. Curtis Patrick was in my DMs and he was hyping up Hayden Hurst. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about Hayden Hurst. He was like, bro, he's this year's Dawson Knox, who was last year's Robert Tunyon. And like in that 
when he framed it that way, it just made so much sense where it's like, you want this, everyone wants a piece of this high powered offense and everyone's overlooking Hayden Hurst. He, he's free in drafts. Uh, Mo Ali Cox, I think is in play given Frank Reich's history with the position uh, by team tight end fantasy points per game. Uh, the finished top 12 every year of his career, minus one top five and like, over 50% of his years, only two games without Jack Doyle. He had like 140 yards in one of those games. Uh, John U. Smith, I know how gross this sounds, but he's being hyped up to, to being like the number one or number two target in this offense. Maybe 2011 Aaron Hernandez 2.0 with James White out. Rob Gronkowski, like imagine if he just unretires in week six. He's like, yeah, it wasn't about that training camp life. Then you have a top five tight end for free. And it's like, yeah, I mean like, I'm not drafting John o. Smith, but these are just names to keep on your waiver wire watch list. And, and again, I, I haven't even given you my number one must own tight end. Um, so yeah, that, that, those are my like overarching thoughts at the position. Yeah. Um, by the way, I think Fryermuth is, is right up there with commit for me. I actually yeah. like Fryermuth more. Uh, Scott, all time, there have been five rookie tight ends to have 60 more receptions in a season. Uh, Keith Jackson, Jeremy Shockey, Kyle Pitts, Evan Ingram, Womp Womp, and Pat Frymuth. I mean, it's like one of the most underrated rookie seasons ever for a tight end. And, and, you know, he's not Kyle Pitts. God forbid. You know, I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to say, but like legitimately one of the most underrated rookie seasons ever. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I think, is a monster upgrade over uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I've been all over this with Pickett. Like, you know, even if he's 10% better than Big Ben, like, all of the Steelers guys were being underdrafted. And I still think they are. You put Fryermuth in that bucket is, is like kind of the end zone threat. Uh, you know, guy over in the middle of the field, catch 70, 80 balls this year as a full-time player. Finally, uh, Fryermuth is, is probably my top breakout candidate. Scott, this is great, man. Uh, we did it in 40 minutes. We'll be back tomorrow with running backs and receivers. Going to give you some, uh, some strategy thoughts as you uh, get into your drafts these next two weeks. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, and we will see you in the streets. For Scott, I'm Graham. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.